and welcome back to the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brady and I'm here with Sophos experts Mike Stockley. Did you say Mike? <laughs> Did you call me Mike Stockley? Hey Mike. Hey Mike. I'm here Mike. with a colleague of 11 years, Mike. Mike I'm here uh... with Mike Stockley and Greg Fido Widen. Hi there. I like how you still like to use the word experts, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you've got to hype these things up yeah, yeah, for the yeah. podcast. False advertising. Are you Did- also going to introduce someone else who's got access to a mic? <laughs> or are you going to skip past that? <laughs> Unfortunately, Peter couldn't be here today because he's dealing with a live incident, so we had a spare mic, Yay. which has been pointed at podcast producer Alice. <laughs> Not by anyone other than Alice. So welcome, Alice. I look forward Thank to your witty much. quips Thank yeah. you very much. throughout the podcast. Um, it's actually a serious... We need to take a serious turn this podcast we need to have a moment silence for windows 7 end of life <laughs> as we record it today <laughs> what the, was it the oh that's good yeah. yeah 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 last post should Surely. i get a comb and some toilet paper i don't know but can it be done like on a recorder and sound as bad as possible <laughs> do you two software experts want to have do you want to say anything about it any sort of last memories bye Okay, thanks, Greg. <laughs> I so. think Windows 7 is probably the first version of Windows that I bypassed completely. Oh. Yeah, I, you went straight I on to think I switched. <laughs> I think I switched to using Macs exclusively oh. at around the time that Windows 7 came out. Was Windows 7 the one that it had a big interface change? I mean, you that say was that. Vista, wasn't it? Well, oh, it looked shinier, but I mean, it was always start button, bottom left, cross in the top right. They're quite... Familiar. No, but there was one that was the, it was the crossover with the mobile device. That was Windows 8 and that oh. horrible Metro UI, whatever they called it. That's the one. That was bad times. I had a great time. So I went from Windows XP 64-bit edition, which nothing supported. Then I did Vista, which was also awful. <laughs> and then Windows 7, I think I came in at Service Pack 2 or... No, Service Pack 1. There wasn't another one, was there? And then 8 happened, so I used 8. That was bad. 8.1, still bad. Uh... <laughs> So I have a really good track record of Windows and I'm not... Where are you at now? Uh, I have three Macs and the rest of my computers are Linux. <laughs> I have one Windows computer that gets turned on to play computer games. That's it. Minesweeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a whole gaming rig for Minesweeper. <laughs> yeah. um, we should also... Massively multiplayer oh, Minesweeper. Yeah, yeah. Best two grand I ever spent. 4K Minesweeper. <laughs> I used to love Minesweeper. Um, you still uh, do. I, do, I probably would if I had a if I had a Windows machine I'd probably would still play Minesweeper but I don't. Um, we should talk about Firefox. There was a big zero day this week. There was sad times. Um, actually, got to say kudos to the entire Firefox team. So they released a uh, Firefox forty. Sorry, I think it was seventy two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, number. Yeah. Um, and then two days later, they had to release a critical patch because mm-hmm. a zero-day vulnerability was found in their JavaScript uh, just-in-time compiler. So it's the thing that runs JavaScript in your browser. Won't note out too much beyond that, but they got a security fix out. Uh, just please, everyone, update. Um, but this yeah. is Firefox for your desktop, Firefox on Android, yeah. and also the ESR release. Yes, yes, they patched Which that as well. Which is the extended support, support release. release. And does this like this affect Tor then as well, Tor browser? Yep, yep, absolutely. Anything based off of Firefox, so Ice Weasel or any any other third party. Yeah, <laughs> all version. the people, all the things that people turn up and tell us that they use when we ask them what the most trusted browser is. Right, <laughs> it's like a competition <laughs> to to mention the most niche browser you possibly can, and yep. they're they're just basically reskinned versions of Chrome or Firefox. But yes, yeah, certainly. Make sure you get the patch applied. It's as easy as just updating like you normally do. Um, but just given that you might have just updated a couple of days ago, or not a couple of days ago, it was last week, but yeah, just, just bear check. in mind there's another one out now, so just double yeah. check. Yeah. So on to slightly lighter topics, I was delighted this week to find out that they're now deep faking, deep faking feet. Deep faking feet. Yeah. So It's a website. So you take someone's feet and then 
No, you I take th- someone else's feet and you put it on the so it's got different toes. What? Well, it's it, they're AI generated feet. Oh. Um. It's so they're it's, just fake feet. Yeah, they're fake feet. They're not real like at fully, all. Fully, fully fake feet. But but they so look called, real. Yeah, they look like well, yeah. no, no, well. like a fake foot could come off of like you know a mannequin. That's a fake foot. Do so, we, is there a? Do we not have enough feet? I was going to say on the internet. Global some foot people are into feet. Some people are into feet. But there um, are, by my calculations, somewhere in the region of 14 billion human feet. Yeah, but not, people would take. I'm quite private. <laughs> I can I can safely say no pictures of my feet on the internet. Anyway, this foot does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greg, well, do not. Can you, can you respect my privacy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they are, uh, this foot does not exist.com, and you can text the robot and it will send you a picture of your feet. So I thought we could do that now. We've text it. How, text yeah? it. I love this. Artificial intelligence. I saved it. SMS. <laughs> I've saved the number in my phone yeah. as So, foot. sorry, who are you telling you're into foot. feet again? I'm sending a website. <laughs> Shall I do it from my a work notification phone? that well, I really like feet. Do they support fax? I could really do with it. <laughs> well, you, want to, you just don't understand what is this an so AI retro. that requires... I assume this is their monetization strategy. Is that why they're doing this? No, it's just a company called MSCHF. You're about to text Mischief. it. You're about to text them to get some free feet that don't exist. Yes. Are they free? If yeah, are them? they free? Are you just about to pay someone well, for some fake feet? it's an American number, feet? so I, should, I, I presume it's going to cost me. Hang on. Give me $10. What should I send foot. them? What should I write in the text message? Please send can, feet. Please Here's can feet I have now. a foot? Urgent. Yeah. Please can Urgent. I have a <laughs> foot? Severe foot deficiency. <laughs> please, may. Unable to find foot photos. Or <laughs> I have foot. looked on entire internet. I've texted, please, may I have a foot? And we'll find out later on. As to whether they send me one. Hopefully oh, they stimulating. Will. So, I'm going to turn my phone on. And we'll Can see. somebody who likes feet more than me explain what the point of this is? Uh, I assume the point here is like they that like uh, this face does not exist. It's a similar thing yeah. where they're using artificial intelligence and training it on you know millions of pictures of a specific thing. You can then have it almost dream up a non-existent oh, face. Oh, I've got it. So the AI researchers have looked at the world and they've gone. There's not All the feet. serious problems have been solved. <laughs> Thank yeah. goodness. Mark. Where should we turn our attention next? I know. There aren't enough pictures of feet on the internet. There we aren't. Could just ge- Can <laughs> I just introduce you to something? Some, some I think it's something called fun. <laughs> it's done for fun. Sorry. Does not compute. I've never seen Mark so look so baffled in my life. Yeah. He doesn't really What's understand this? it. So this is the this is the kind of the glorious AI future that we were promised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you know it'll be like a two day working week. The impending and we'll have AI all would... the photos of feet that we need, and some of them will look like real feet, and some of them will look like herds of toes. Do you remember? This is making me think. Talking of AI, do you remember those sort of few months back in like 2016 where you were you, you were intensely worried about killer robots? Are you still? I well, it wasn't just me. <laughs> It was you in the office. There was a lot of jokes about how we were actually come across imminently. a lot of people that share that very no, same know. thing. I think I we know. need to be... Also, it's, there are two things. It's very easy to get confused here. So that was at the time when people like Elon Musk and actually massive... Uh, like uh, So it was Bill Gates and Elon Musk and uh, Steve Wozniak. People like this were all warning against what would happen if we just develop AI without any reference to what we actually need it to do. So if we, if we just follow the research for research's sake, and then you end up with this very, very powerful generalised AI. And nobody thought it was likely that we were going to get to gen- a, 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 a very effective generalised AI quickly. Yeah. But what they were warning about was that, okay, 
there's a very small risk that you create a generalized AI eventually, which is sufficiently intelligent that it then works on itself. And then you get this thing that they call the singularity, which is the point beyond which you can't see, where you get this exponential increase in the intelligence of the AI, and it's now out of your control. Nobody's saying this is really, really likely, but if there's even a tiny chance that it might happen, that's kind of a world-ending event. Mm. So maybe we should watch out for that and and prepare for it in some way. Now, it was kind of fun reporting on that, but the really serious stuff was around the killer robots. There was actually a campaign called the Campaign to Stop Killer Robots, and that was about lobbying the UN to make certain kinds of autonomous weapons illegal. And that if you imagine, if you take a state-of-the-art AI, which is capable of making decisions, and you strap it to a drone, which can fire missiles, you've basically got a killer robot that can make its own decisions. Uh, and there's precedent for actually outlawing these, these kinds of, like, I think the UN has previously mm. outlawed lasers that can blind people. So your army's not supposed to have landmines, it's not supposed to have lasers that can blind people, and the campaign for killer robots was trying to say, maybe we should make some kind of amendment to the Geneva Convention that says we can't have robots that decide to kill people by themselves mm. without a human in the loop. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't think that's a real risk in the future, attach a knife to a rumba and find out. Because, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you done that? You'll very quickly be like, I am against yeah. this autonomous, weaponized robots. Killer robots suck. I've, that had a real flavour of, I've tried this. <laughs> I tried this at the Christmas and it, it did not yeah. go well. Well, like, ever since they cancelled Robot Wars, I've been just trying to recreate it with battle rumbas. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sponsored by them, but if you're looking for some... <laughs> so back to these feet, is this, is this it? Is this this is as good as AI is going to get? Like, Possibly. We've solved all the serious problems, or they or perhaps they just look a bit too tricky, and well, we're going to go and do some fake feet instead. There is actually a useful version of this, which is that this face does not exist. <laughs> yes. Which I know from a lot of... I have lots of friends in the industry, being a, I'm old, I guess. Um, Sorry. I, I'm old enough, right? To have friends. <laughs> well done. <laughs> thanks, thanks. We work hard. Um, but uh, th so that loads of people like, especially marketing, right? Mm. If you want to put out a version of your app or in the marketing material and the videos on TV and, and, and so on, licensing people's faces and, and their image is very expensive. Mm. Generating so we fake yeah. people. We no, fake genuinely. face with an ear in the middle of his forehead. But we don't have to pay anyone any royalties. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're the, very good. That's, that's a pretty bad point. model if it puts the ears in the wrong place. <laughs> they need to go back to the drawing board, retrain that model. Can I just say, worryingly, they've not replied. So I'm thinking, possibly because it's an American number, or I've texted the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> Please, <laughs> I have a foot. <laughs> what did you say? Please, may I, feet. Please may I have a foot. I really hope we get a reply to that before the end of this podcast. Me too. Oh. It'll be a reply from the lawyer. <laughs> That'll be injunction. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. Hopefully it's someone that you know in a really weird way in your life. Like it's going to be your neighbour or something. You're going to have to pretend it was something to do with work. Just Some, a joke. Someone who was one yeah. step away from a restraining order already. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I do in my private life? Best not to talk about that. Mark. Hi. Hi. You're going to be talking to us about Pulse Secure's VPN issues this week? I am. So this uh, story is brought to our attention on the 4th of January by ubiquitous security researcher Kevin Beaumont, who is mm -hmm. basically everywhere right now. Gossy the dog. Yep. Um, and he wrote on the 4th that uh, he'd noticed that some hackers were using a new way to break into companies and run their ransomware. Mm -hmm. So you know the deal. Uh, a lot of ransomware, as Peter was describing uh, last week, is delivered by hand. Yeah. So it's groups of hackers actually breaking into your network, having a good look around, and then looking for the kind of optimum places and moment to run their ransomware and then charging eye-watering ransoms. Um, and he noticed that they were 
in some recent attacks, the crooks have been getting in using a new, uh, using a novel method. And he said that they were using Revel ransomware. Um, and he said that they were using an eight-month-old vulnerability in Pulse Secure's VPN software to kind of jimmy open the doors and, and get in. Now, at this point, I should note, because I talked to Peter about this, so he found time for a two-minute chat in the middle of his crisis, yeah. um, that Sophos hasn't seen this tactic, so we haven't been able to independently verify this. Uh, but Pulse Secure's chief marketing officer has confirmed that vulnerable Pulse Secure and Fortinet and Palo Alto VPNs could be used mm. in this way to run Revel ransomware. So we're going to give Beaumont the benefit of the doubt and, you know, uh, assume that what he's talking about is happening. And even if it's not, it certainly could be happening. Mm -hmm. So all the warnings are worthwhile. So according to Beaumont, uh, Pulse Secure VPN software has been a common element in a bunch of Revel ransomware attacks in the last few weeks. The most notable victim is uh, TravelX. You may have noticed what's going on with TravelX. So they're the giant foreign exchange company, the ones you see when you go to the airport and you need to change the money at the last minute. Um, TravelX was broken into about two weeks ago. Uh, they're still recovering from that. I think their last estimate I saw is that they reckon they've probably got another week to go. So that's three weeks of their business lost. Wow, yeah. And that was in the face of a $6 million ransom. Uh, so that's the scale of mm. kind of evil that you're dealing with. So just to rewind, this all starts back in April uh, 2019. So April 24, 2019, Pulse Secure issued an advisory, SA44101, detailing multiple vulnerabilities in its Pulse Connect Secure and Pulse Policy Secure products. And they also released patches at the same time. So they discovered the vulnerabilities, or they were told about the vulnerabilities by security researchers on the 22nd of March, mm. 2019. Uh, and the vulnerabilities we're talking about, some of them were really serious. So uh, I think one of them had a CVSS score of 10 and another one had a CVSS score of 9.9. .9. Uh, so the long and the short of it is the vulnerabilities were very bad. So I'm going to read out something from the advisory and you can tell me if you can spot where there might be a problem for people. So the advisory read, the vulnerabilities include an unauthenticated bypass vulnerability that can allow an unauthenticated user to perform a remote arbitrary file access on the Pulse Connect secure gateway. This advisory also includes remote code execution vulnerability that can allow an unauthenticated oh, an authenticated administrator to perform remote code execution on Pulse Connect secure and Pulse Policy secure gateways. So, so they're getting a file on there somehow. Well... They're able they, to unauthenticatedly they, access a file, right, yes, or interact with and, it. And if you can leverage that to get an administrator account, then... I assume they're just reading the credentials file like. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or Mimikatz or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, up to this point, although this, these vulnerabilities are bad, I mean, very, very high scores, this is actually exactly how it's supposed to go down. So the researchers who found the problem reported it uh, responsibly. Mm -hmm. So it was only known to them and to Pulse Secure. Uh, possibly a few select others. So Pulse Secure obviously took it seriously because they had a patch out within a month, which so that's well within the kind mm -hmm. of ninety day yeah. window that was now considered normal for speedy patching. And then they told everybody about it and they released the patches at the same time. Um, and you know that's that's good. Mm. I mean, it's bad that there are software vulnerabilities, but if you accept that software. Have vulnerabilities. Yeah. That's basically as as well as it can go. And obviously what's supposed to happen then is everybody just applies the patches and then we all just get on with our lives. Yeah. But that Except, isn't what happened. Of course because not. That's never, never what happens. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen in this case, but this is not a special case. That that's it's quite normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here we are, uh eight months later, and people are actually 
using these vulnerabilities to compromise real companies. And the warning signs were there. So I think it took about three months, no, four months it took for the first public exploits to appear. And then we had about three public exploits all appear within a few days of each other. Um, because it's it's one thing to have a vulnerability that looks very serious. It's it's another step again to then turn that into code that can yeah, be run reliably. Commonly, you commonly don't publish a CV with a proof of concept example for your code to give the bad guys but a, it's, a head start. But. but it's not unusual for serious vulnerabilities to be found and never turned into exploits. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can, yeah, there's not know. a there's not a one to one every vulnerability. There is a corresponding exploit mm. available out there in the wild. Yeah, um, and so uh, threat intelligence firm Bad Packets. Uh, did a scan of the internet around the time that these public exploits came out, and they reckoned at the time there were 15,000 vulnerable endpoints, Ooh. which in That's the scheme of things point. is not a massive number when you compare it with the number of, of say, RDP endpoints out there, which is in the millions. But you've got to think as a bad guy, you only want one out of 15,000. You've got 15,000 shots there. You only need one to get a payday and never have to work again. Mm. If, you, yeah, if you can reliably get in and you can charge a $6 million ransom, yeah. Yeah. you don't need that many vulnerable endpoints. Exactly. Now, the number of vulnerable endpoints has declined now, again, according to Bad Packets reports, has gone down from 15,000 in around August to around 4,000 at the beginning of January. So people are patching, but the speed at which they're patching is not mm. keeping up with the speed with which criminals are turning this into a workable exploit and actually using it to make um, quite serious amounts of money by the looks of it. Well, 4,000, there's 4,000 targets, you know, aren't very good at patching stuff. So, you know, once you get inside, there's going to probably be a similar story everywhere else as well. So my question to you guys, so it's a story about Pulse Secure VPN software. So if if you're using that uh, VPN software, and please go and check out the Naked Security article, make sure that you're patched. That's by far the most important thing to do. Um, but also if you're using any other kind of remote management software. So we've been talking about RDP, the remote desktop protocol, and actually we did some interesting research on RDP it's last year. And if you'd like to read it, you can go to softwares.com slash RDP. Um, we've been talking about RDP for uh, a few years now because that seemed like the favoured way for mm. these sort of, uh, kind of big game ransomware groups to get into uh, corporate networks. But it's never just been about RDP. That was only ever just the lowest hanging mm. fruit. And even when we did the research, we were at pains to explain that to people. Uh, when we were looking at Samsung ransomware the year before, Samsung used to get in using FTP vulnerabilities. And then it, it just, you know, RDP, compromised RDP machines became a bit of a commodity on the black market. So like everybody else, Samsung switched over to using that. But as uh, Peter pointed out last week, you know, the incident that he was describing last week used uh, ConnectWise remote management software. That was And that was brute forced in the same way that you would brute force an RDP uh, session. Um, and Peter's also seen Kaseya remote management software used. Uh, he's seen Bomgar appliance software. Mm, they had a nasty so vulnerability, yeah. Anything where you've got an internet-facing server yep. with an exploitable vulnerability or a password interface that's not protected by two-factor authentication, you've got to think that these crooks are going to have a go because it's mm. very, very cheap. Yeah. So the when are you going to ask us a question? I am going to ask you a question. So uh, I, the question that this begs, because what I'm at pains to point out is that although this is a serious problem in the Pulse VPN software, yeah. there were other bits of VPN software which had the same or similar vulnerabilities revealed at about the same time. So you'd have to assume that you're going to be a target if you're running one of those. Um the the big missing piece here is not the fact that the vulnerability existed in the first place. It's the speed of patching. Mm. So if it's this serious, if it's got CVSS 10, can't be any more serious than that. Mm. 
why are patches not being applied? Because I refuse to believe that it is simply kind of lazy or ignorant system administrators. I, what, what do you think is going on that is preventing something this serious being patched within eight months? I wouldn't call it lays, but no, I, I was, think I was, ignorance. No, no, no. But I think ignorance might be a major problem here. Mm. So I, I'm a Linux guy. I'm unabashed really? about that. I, uh, mm. I use Arch, by the way. A lot of Linux people. Linux find that really and funny Dungeons and Dragons. You yeah. stereotype. I know, and I'm growing a beard as well. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but sorry, did you say you're wearing a beard? I'm growing. He's wearing. It one, does yeah. look like I'm wearing one. It's fake. Sorry, can you just move slightly so I can see? Oh, I see it. Yep, yep. No, yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. Oh, shot fired. fired. Wow. I could grow a massive beard. My name's Mark Stockley. We had a we had a conversation about your beard hair only yesterday. Okay. Continue, Greg. Not yours. No, that's my pet peeve when people mock other people's facial hair. Oh, my pet peeves. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> you were talking about your beard. Ah, yes. I use Linux. So one of the useful things for me is that all the software I use comes from one software repository made by the people who make my operating system, which means I sign up to one mailing list, and like on a daily basis, I get an email that tells me about all the vulnerabilities, what software patches need applying, and I get all that information constantly from one place. It's super easy for me to know what I need to patch, what's the big vulnerabilities, and so on. Yeah. But when you start using like proprietary applications, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, but when you start using proprietary applications on operating systems that are also proprietary, there's no one unified system to know about all the software I've got, how to update everything, and how to know what needs patching. So what you're saying is there's a gap in the market for a really effective computer security news website <laughs> where people can go <laughs> find out yeah, What's yeah, happening? and it should be unabashed. It should, it should, you know, take away all the the drama and the and the and just give the clear facts. Well, maybe they could do a we podcast. Like, naked. As well. yeah, I don't yeah. think the there's a gap truths. in the market. I'm sure you're not wrong, but I mean, there's almost no point of comparison between running a single Linux machine and being the system administrator for a large company. Of course, because you're protecting so many machines with so many different operating systems and so many different complexions of apps. And nobody notices that you exist if everything works, and everybody knows that you exist if anything breaks. Yeah. But it is that um, problem, you know, how how are they meant to know everything that's in their network and how are they meant to keep it all up to date and, and find these things? But I don't think it's just a problem of knowing that stuff because I think if you're smart, you, I, my guess is that there are systems administrators out there sat on vulnerable pulse secure VPN servers and other bits of software who know they're sat on vulnerable software who for one reason or another are not able to move. So, because, I mean, one of the things that has to happen is that security has to be sufficiently important inside your IT mm. department. If And every IT department is signed up to however many projects and they're all super important and they've all been promised to the, you know, the CEO or the head of sales or whoever's expecting them. And there are situations where, you know, your software project cannot be late. Mm. And if it's late already, it cannot be any later than it is. And I'm afraid the thing that you're talking about that I don't really understand is going to have to wait. Yeah. You know? And that's it's it's taking a long time for that attitude to shift. Thank you, Mark. Fido. Hello. There's a new nasty strain of ransomware out there, isn't there? Shockingly. There is indeed. Yeah, shock, horror. Oh, no. Bad guys have realised ransomware's a really great way to make some money. Um, I'm going to start with a nice little way to segue us in here. So what was, do you remember your first sort of mobile phones? What was really exciting about them? What, what do you Ooh. remember most? Hmm, let me think. So if you so put I... it in your pocket, it just immediately ripped a hole and fell onto the floor because it was it, so heavy. It was a brick. Okay, well, for those of us that aren't that old and, yeah. and, and missed the, the briefcase mobile phones. <laughs> Mark had, had the, the actual. The first mobile phone Car I ever phone. saw was my dad's and it, it had a it was like a briefcase and the phone 
sort of fit over the briefcase handle yeah. and it was joined to the briefcase, which which was the battery, yes. by a long curly wire. <laughs> yeah, my dad had one of them. Oh, amazing. Um, okay. So I had a Nokia 5110. This is it. You might, you might help only, me line up my joke here. Go, okay. go, go. Not only did I enjoy the uh, changeable front covers, but yeah, I also yeah. liked Snake. It's Snake! No oh way! My God. So How it's weird! Snake. Oh, okay. oh, so that was the game where the pixels chased the pixel... Yeah. It was, but if it ate itself, it would. Oh, it's so addictive. It was for those of Second us. Second only to mine. Those of us not allowed life. to take Game Boys into school. That was that was some amazing respite from the oh, stress I wish of I was education. At when Snake was out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a bit younger. Anyway. <laughs> Me too. I'm sorry too. Oh, I know. Oh, it's okay. I'll one day know what it's like to have aching joints. So, uh, <laughs> shots fired. So, okay. So here we go again. That's it. I'm keeping the beard in. <laughs> So yes, here we go again. Yet another really nasty bit of ransomware. And this variant has decided to call itself Snake. Well, okay, technically it's not called Snake, but the industry is calling it Snake. Actually, if you look at the end of a file that it encrypts, it adds the the letters E-K-A-N-S, Ekans, which is Snake backwards. Um, I'm going to point out something that most of the news outlets have not covered on this story, actually. Mm. So, you know, some some interesting perspective here from, yeah. from the Fidomeister. Which <laughs> yes! <laughs> it just, it's caught on! I know, He's I know. Himself. I'm actually saying it now. Um, they've ignored the fact that Ekans is actually the name of a Pokemon. Oh, That's no. right. And it's actually famously... <laughs> oh, Greg. Shut your mouth, old man! <laughs> <laughs> and it's famously... <laughs> Oh my so, God. so, so, Ekans is famously the Pokemon of the main antagonist. Famous, famous to famously, oh come on, let's let Pokemon's Greg twenty years marked. Go Pokemon's on, twenty years old, my friend. My nephew's playing it. All right, twenty years have passed since I was a child, and now we're passing on the chalice to the the younger generation oh. to yeah. Pokemon it up. Go on, let's tolerate um, so it. So, Jesse, this is an interesting story. Okay. So, Jesse, the in Team Rocket, I've got more Pokemon stuff. Uh, was Sorry, the main antagonist. Team Rocket, the bad guys in Pokemon, mm. and Ekans is her first Pokemon. So maybe this group is like they're calling themselves Team Rocket, and this is their first one. So in before the oh, next, the next variant is going to be called Arbok, which is the evolution of Ekans. That's right. <laughs> and perhaps they'll make a Bitcoin stealing malware called Meowth. Right, so if it's Arbol, <laughs> hold on. If it's Arbol, Do does that mean that the ran- yeah, the ransomware yeah, will be called Cobra? Yeah. So, all right. Any also to all the listeners that totally love that segment, yeah, just point out in the comments and everything that about how amazing it is that Greg knows about youthful cool things like Pokemon's. <laughs> Did you ever Mark play Pokemon Go? <laughs> no. Did you I'd play say they Pokemon were useful Go? things. I don't know whether I would say useful cool things. Yeah. Ooh. So oh, I just had, excuse I had me. Flashbacks to long car journeys with my son explaining how all the Pokemon evolve. Like which, oh, which no. Pokemon evolves into which other Pokemon, which evolves into which you other Pokemon. You want to have Pokemon, that conversation which again? To which other Do you want to relive that moment? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so the snake ransomware, uh, or Ekans, uh, was found by Malware Hunter team on the 6th of Jan. They posted it on their Twitter feed um, with some basic information. There's there's a few things that's kind of interesting about this ransomware variant that kind of makes it stand out from some of the rest. First one is it's actually written in a programming language called Golang uh, from Google. Oh, it's modern. called Go. Yeah, it is a very modern language. Um, but interesting, Golang is a language that's very easy to port to like every operating system. Mm. So who knows whether this might be the hints that they're toying with trying to make a cross-platform bit of malware. We've only seen it on Windows so far, but it was just interesting that it's written in Go. Um, the other thing is they've gone to quite a lot of extent to it, it, it obfuscate the code in their, their ransomware, so they don't want it to be sort of reverse engineered easily. So certainly this is there's a fair bit of love that's gone into this. I say love, maybe hate, but there's a fair bit of <laughs> love, hate. Effort. Yeah, love, hate, Evil. effort that's gone into this to, to make this. Um, when it runs, it does some of the nasty things like 
traditional ransomware has done over the years, like deleting your volume shadow copies of files, you know, your local backups yeah, on yeah. your machine, versions of files. But it also tries to kill a load of processes, you know, um, stuff that's running on your computer that's related to things like SCADA, which is effectively industrial monitoring solutions. I think it's supervisory control and data acquisition. Yeah, nothing to worry about here. Yeah, well, not for, not for us, but it, it's just interesting that that's mm. part of what they're looking to stop. So clearly this is a bit of a, what we'd class as an enterprise ransomware. You know, it's going after industrial monitoring systems. It's looking to kill virtual machines, uh, industrial control systems, remote management tools, network management tools, and all sorts. So they're looking to like cause some havoc here. Yeah. Um, they then go through uh, and do their typical thing, you know, encrypt all your data. They're not encrypting system files. Um, what's really odd, though, is they encrypt super slowly. So this is an interesting one where a lot of ransomware is like a smash and grab, right? They get in, encrypt yeah, as yeah. much stuff as fast as possible, whereas Ekans or, or Snake is doing it kind of slowly, mm. which... It can only speculate, but it sounds like they're trying to avoid being detected. If you yeah. can encrypt slowly, yeah, yeah. a lot of security technologies rely on behavior detections and and encrypt stuff uh, by like you know seeing how quick you know how quickly some files got changed. So if you do it slowly, it could work really well. Um, there, for people that spot or identify ransomware variants by the file extension, they're not doing that either. So instead of putting like like Sam Sam did, where they were kind enough to change all your file extensions to dot we apologize, uh, they're not doing that. They're just generating random. You know, there was a, they, at least in one attack, they changed it to dot Sophos. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, we, well, we've been yeah. shortly after we released all the research. And finally, the ransom notes, uh, it, they call it fix-your-files.txt, fix them. Mm. Uh, but they talk about how they've breached your corporate network, encrypted all your computers. So it definitely sounds like this is a bit of ransomware that's going to be used in targeted attacks. Um, they only provide an email address for correspondence. There's no Bitcoin address, no website to go and just pay Let and get guess, it back. Let me guess, is it a mail address? Uh, it's not, actually. Um, so, yeah, it looks like there's some new group that, or potentially the same, you know, an old group that's gone out with a, a new variant of enterprise ransomware used as part of targeted attacks. We don't really know how they're getting in yet. It's still pretty new. So we're looking for somebody that has learned a very modern and new programming language and yeah. is a fan of Pokemon. So hey. we're looking for someone who's about 14. Or 30. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we have to have some advice, right? Yes, please. You want some good advice. Okay. Uh, You've done slapping your microphone. I just hit my microphone, Alice. I'm really sorry. She's terrifying. Have you received any feet from the ore? No feet. None yet, guys. None yet. Still time. They're probably thinking, you know, when you're sort of playing it cool. This AI is not quick, is it? No, but they're playing it cool. It's fine. It'll come. Uh, They might not be able to text UK numbers. Do you not have a US number? I know. Yeah. Um, So we should have some positive advice. The typicals, I guess, don't open attachments that you don't know. Don't leave your front doors open. I'm doing air quotes. No one can see that. But don't leave your front doors (laughs) open like RDP. And also don't don't, door open. That's another good, useful bit of Mm. advice. Not useful in this context, I guess. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, don't you know leave things like remote desktop protocol open. That's how we're seeing a lot of attacks. You know the attackers sneaking in. Um, another really good point. This is talking back to the last episode where Peter was talking about how people don't look at their security monitoring tools. Yeah, like they have detections that's firing mm-hmm. up and they're finding bad stuff, and then they're not actually going and looking at it and trying to see where it's coming from or understand what's just been blocked and why and is it still there? Is yep. there someone inside their network? Because if this is a targeted bit of ransomware, like yeah. all you know, it might be that they get in and they get caught a couple of times before they successfully find a way to deploy their ransomware. So, you know, don't just rely on 
your security tech to just block stuff, look at what it's blocking and try and understand, you know, is that part of a wider scale attack? Does that mean there's someone already inside your network? Like if you're getting something blocked and it's originating from somewhere inside your network, could be someone's found a, an unprotected system or something and they're launching further attacks from there. Mm -hmm. Enable 2FA and don't just purely rely on your backups, like your standard OneDrive backups and so on. Because, you know, bad guys, they're looking to disable backups with ransomware variants. You know, not every, you know, they're not doing a lot of exhaustive stuff in this variant, but in general, they want to kill your ability to recover. Yeah. So Thank you, Greg. Now, I don't know, Alice, you might need to just go and sit on Mark a bit just oh, to stop God. him. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has changed. I'm just a little bit studio, worried. Guys. I'm worried he's going to get angry. I'm going to talk about, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm posing the question, which you don't need to answer, Mark, yet. Um, are, <laughs> are our phones listening to us? Oh, I have an answer. No, stop okay. it, stop it, stop it. So this stemmed from over the weekend, a family friend posted on Facebook the following. I was talking with my daughter today about piano lessons for my granddaughter, and then next thing I knew, Facebook showed me an ad for piano lessons. How <gasps> can anyone argue we are not being listened to? So, I considered sending her a message to ask her about other factors, but I thought, it's Sunday night. Nobody's got time for that. I want to watch the television. Um, so, um, I forgot about it. Last night, my mum sent a message on the family WhatsApp group asking me if it was true that they were listening to us. And if so, could I help her adjust her settings, turn off microphones, etc. What did you say? So I, well, it ended up in a little debate with my family that went on quite long and did impact my ability to watch television on in the evening. Um, and so it was around whether or not we were, be we were being recorded and then targeted with ads as a result. One of my family. Do you find that you get a lot of adverts for feet? <laughs> <laughs> I bet I do now. <laughs> we'll see. I'll put some screenshots off if we do. I'm really upset. I haven't been text back. I'm upset too. I've never been rejected by a robot before. I mean, there's, pl there's plenty of feet <laughs> online if you need some. You need your foot <laughs> yeah, fixed. Thanks, there, Greg. Don't send me pictures. Greg's probably okay? got some uh, good links. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Like, so then back okay. to this debate. Yes, back to the debate. So one of my family members said she'd been talking to her friend about her friend's brace tooth brace and the next day she'd been shown an ad for teeth straightening shocking how could this have happened <gasps> if she wasn't being listened to she said to me so we've you said let me refer you to a website that i know i said let me let me refer you to mark stockley no i said um but i thought it would be a good topic for us to discuss on the podcast yes and uh, when i put it on our little skype podcast chat you greeted me with a slow clap emoji <laughs> which was only next to eye roll in sarcasm stakes um so we've all heard about confirmation bias so the idea that one tends to interpret favor or recall information that affirms their belief so you'd buy like a brand new bmw and then everywhere you look you see that car and you're thinking everyone's got a bmw now yeah but it's because you've never noticed it before so in this case it's possible possible mark that the ads are being shown already but you don't notice they're there until the topic is in your conscience or that you went into a dentist earlier that week or that you'd googled teeth whitening or that you fit the profile because you're a woman who's nearly 40 and might be sort of feeling the effects of her age and maybe yeah. that's the bracket that they're yeah. targeting on the other or, hand or you, you may have been yeah there's any number of ways that, that you may have been tracked Yes, exactly. And that your preferences may have been logged over any number of years. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but I guess their argument is why would it happen then? Confirmation bias. Anyway, um, in recent months, we have heard that uh, actual real-life human recordings are being sent to the big tech companies. Yes. There, was, so there, was, there was a rash of mere culpers, weren't there? Yeah, so there, was, there were, so were rumours that Apple had 
been receiving Siri conversations that were accidental recordings, not the OK Siri or whatever you say, Siri. Um, and yeah, so Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Amazon and Apple all admitted in the end that human contractors were listening and many of them have tightened up their policies since then. So the technology's there for sure. Well, they, they all receive the words that you say when you use voice recognition, the devices you're talking to aren't, they don't have enough computing power to to, yes. to, to do the voice recognition. Yeah. So the only voice recognition they can do is the trigger word. Yes. Mm. So you say Alexa and your little Echo Dot goes, oh, right, everything you say after this, yeah. I'm going to send up to the Amazon cloud. So your words get sent up there. The speech recognition gets done up there. That's not a secret. Everybody knows that's the way yeah. that it works. And some of those words, a very, very tiny proportion of those words in all of those companies may be used to train the artificial intelligence, yes. which, as we found with the feet and face recognition and things like that, you need to, you have to feed it positive and negative examples. Yeah. yeah. So you have to find examples of where people... Of where course. The- but that's slightly different to the other argument of whether they're using our voice recordings to then target ads at us. And it no, is con- yes. it's conceivable that that could happen because they have the functionality for that to happen. So why wouldn't they? Like, surely that's a great advertising tactic. Now, let's get ready for Mark's onslaught. Go on, then. I, I just think, I, th- I, th- I think it would be madness. It would be madness for them to do that. But we've so seen lots we've, of other madness, haven't we? But it just, so you're soaked in data, like your Google or your Amazon, you're soaked in data. You already know all about Anna Braiding. Mm. And we know that where they're tracking you so we know that you know your phone can be tracked wherever you go that mm. there are multiple different ways of tracking your location and there have been great big exposés like the recent one from the new york times but the new york times wasn't exposing anything we didn't already know they're yeah. just bringing it to a new audience who weren't aware of that so the first thing is i think if they were actually doing this firstly it would be very easy to measure because you would see the battery life you would see all the traffic being sent up there well you wouldn't the average user wouldn't see that necessarily no no but it would be measurable somebody would be able to make a lot of money mm as a researcher or generate a lot of publicity by exposing this. Mm-hmm. So firstly, I think if it, you know, that that, that exposure would already have happened. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, I think it's a, there's a, a world of difference between doing something like tracking your location, which is just latitude and longitude and saying, okay, well, we, we can correspond this latitude and longitude to a shop that sells this or to a place that's, and they spent a long time here. There's a world of difference between doing that, which is relatively simple, and listening to someone's words and trying to work out what they mean. Yeah. So the question is, is it worthwhile mm. trying to crack the indecipherable code of all the many different things that you mean in order to extract a little bit of data when these companies already know all about you? Mm. They've been tracking you for years. They already... It's just... It would be such a, for me, they would gain so little yeah. from putting in so much effort over what they already know about you. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't track you. I'm not saying they don't want to know everything about you in an obtrusive way. They absolutely want this. I just don't think there's any evidence for this. <laughs> I think the people who've actually researched it and looked into it have found that there is no evidence of this. And I think it doesn't really make sense from their point of view, from the companies no, who I- do the tracking to put in the effort. It's so hard to figure out what somebody means. Like, if I can listen to your conversation, that doesn't mean that I can understand what you like and don't like. So is this, is this a maybe from you? I was going to say, the other problem is there's, there's a lot of money. You say, oh, there's no you know, point in like, oh, if they can't understand you, but there's going to be a lot of money once the company that does figure out how to but understand is what there. you're saying. Because they, so they already Background know, noise. like, let's say, you know, Anna likes a particular kind of uh, feet. 
bags. Right, yeah? correct, yes. Then, you know, if you go to, uh, if you go online, bags.com. We, we can track you going to bags.com, we can track you going to the other bag websites and probably tell which one you like the most. We might be able to yes, but marry I, that up with credit card details. But what these people are saying know. is that they are things that they're talking about out of the blue. Is oh, That's what they're talking but about. But you don't, the thing is, people are terrible at measuring risk. No, I know. Like, I our brains yeah. are absolutely awful at figuring out risks and probability yeah and what happens with this kind of thing i think is that you talk about you you don't measure it in terms of okay i said a thing and then i saw an advert for mm. the thing what you have to do is say what things have you talked about near your phone yeah for as long as you've had a phone and how many times immediately afterwards did you then see an advert yeah. for it but what bothers me the most on this type of technology is that we're one eula update away from being from that being eroded mm. right so if you put one of those better technologies in my house it's not listening to me i mean, i agree with you mark i actually don't think they're doing it today but should legislation go the right way should something get through in courts and whatever where they can actually legally get away with it it's a eula away where you have no option but to accept it and bam you've now got a device that listens in your house I it's certainly a technology that I haven't seen a like a game changing oh wow that's that I need that like someone goes like Alexa you know turn the lights up I'm like that's cool I just press the light switch because light switches are typically put in very useful places inside rooms light switches really have stood the test of time so I, I actually I take the other point of view in terms of, you're saying we're one Euler away and I know why you're saying that mm. if you go back to sort of 2010 2011 Facebook were very big on oh we've changed mm -hmm. our privacy policy and by mm. we're, we've switched on all the things have, that you switched off I still have the down uh, was it the dislike t-shirt that you guys put out oh, around yeah. the same time yeah, yeah rock that t-shirt sometimes but the um i think the evidence of the last few months of you know what we were saying earlier about how they do listen to you in order to actually tune the ai that actually there was a, an outcry when people thought that even a tiny fraction of the conversations that they were having were being overheard and then listened to by contractors that they didn't know the reason that all those companies it just they changed their policies and came out with their mere culpas so quickly is because they realised that people have changed in terms of their attitude to privacy. And I think a EULA switch like you're talking about would actually uh, would work very seriously badly against the company that did it. And they would probably find themselves without customers very quickly. I just I don't, don't think they would. I don't think they would either. They're too big. That's not uh, what happens. It, people just have to get used to but it. But also you're, you're, you're thinking that the, the, the people that have the outcry against these things and the people that, you know, the, the users and so on are uh, like one group. Because in general, like the amount of people I know that are very privacy conscious and so on, they don't use Facebook and they make a big cry about it. But then that doesn't change it for but the all of these people companies, that just companies change their policies more or less on a dime mm -hmm. to clarify. And I think it was Apple, for example, said that, okay, it's going to be opt-in from now on whether or not your yeah. voice recordings are put into this system. Mm. They All of them put some kind of freeze on it and made some kind of very visible statement about going, because that's just not where they're going with the technology. Mobile security company Wondera or Wanderer actually did some research into this. You'll like the results of this. Mark. What are you going to bring some actual facts into this? Yeah, why not? Um, How dare so you? <laughs> that's, they that's said just not the way we roll. <laughs> no, your phone is absolutely definitely not listening to you. So they put two phones, a Samsung Android and an iPhone, into an audio room. Not sure exactly what that was. For 30 minutes, they played the sound of cat and dog food adverts on a loop. They also put two identical phones into a silent room. Both sets of phones had open apps for Facebook, Instagram, Chrome, Snapchat, YouTube and Amazon with full, permis full permissions granted on each. They repeated the experiment for three days and noted no relevant adverts nor any significant spike in data or battery usage. In fact, they said... We found no evidence at all this was happening on the platforms we tested. It might be happening in a way we don't know about, but I would say it's highly unlikely. 
So let's not panic, Mark. I, mean, I certainly don't think it's the greatest way to have done some testing on that, but yeah. I would have been looking at uh, microphone, microphone access. Yeah. Would have been much easier so to see off- if there's something periodically pinging that, because it's all, especially on Android, If you, you'd have to use like a non-standard version of Android, but you can see like there's open source versions that can show you when something's trying to query the mic or ask that, because you have to ask the operating system for the permission. Hi, I'm calling the API for, for the mic, and it val- validates whether it has that permission. Well, I look forward to your research on that. I, I know, I'm I feel like the, the bad part, is shifting slightly here, because... <laughs> The example you came in with is the example that people always come in with, which is I was talking about a thing and then I immediately saw an advert for a thing. Mm. So they're, they're not talking about any, there's no sort of subtlety at work there. It's like, oh, you said a thing. Here's the ad straight away. So, yes. the, you know, that testing yeah. sounds fine to me, you know. Okay. Well, calm down a bit, Mark. It's I'm not just, like I'm about to wind you started. up again. <laughs> so thank you all. Um, I was a bit sad that last week when I was ill, you talked about your pet peeves, Mark. It wasn't deliberate. Because it just in... happened that we talked about three things in a row that all just, you know... In that the... annoy you. Yeah. Um, I have known you now for 11 years, which is shocking. So I've constructed a list of your pet peeves that I thought we could run through quickly. Just Have you been... Fun. What, do you, what, you've been secretly recording... Yeah, and I thought we could go You've through been doing it. this for 11 years. Just writing <laughs> I, that one day these will become useful. This is the edited version of that list. It, has, it is actually an edited version of a list because uh, there are so many pet peeves. So, Greg, if, if they too bother so you, So do you I can have to say know. if they're true or false? They're all true. I've decided. <laughs> Number one, which must be upsetting you at the moment because I'm using it for reading my list, per- phones in the podcast. Don't get too annoyed. Predictions of any sort, especially by cybersecurity companies. Survey. Yeah, we covered that amply exactly. last week. Yep. Survey results that fit a marketing team's agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Overly sensitive people on Twitter, especially ones that use the term let that sink in. <laughs> I think we can oh, broaden oh, that. Can on. we just broaden can that make out? Some notes? That's basically yeah. make some notes. Just let that's, that sink that in. That now yeah. describes everyone on Twitter. <laughs> Anyone talking to him while he's coding, he takes out his headphones in a really passive-aggressive way. Like I've just kicked him. I would too if I was writing PHP. Is that what happens? Is, do you get that when you're coding? If anyone talks to you, Greg, are you like... Yeah, I, I fully... I, I feel like that should be an interview question for any aspiring programmer. It's like, if somebody interrupts you when you're programming, yeah. will are you, you okay about it? Yeah. Or are I'm, you not okay about it? When you're doing complicated knowledge yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to be interrupted by trivial, nonsensical questions? Infographics that have no info in them just infographics <laughs> just, just infographics and the graphics. name infographic oh yeah that annoys I'm a, me I'm a, I'm a trained designer and it's just a graphic it's just a, just graphic. a graphic it didn't you actually, you're not cleverer because you put the word info at the front of it it's I actually just, didn't it know was that a graphic 20 years ago and it was a graphic 40 years ago if edward tuft can call it a graphic you can call it a graphic i'm enjoying this it's really winding you up maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll go our separate ways when we leave the room death by powerpoint does anyone disagree with me on that one? No. I, I, I don't mind PowerPoint when it's done properly. But you are you saying death by PowerPoint because you get that person that does the, here's the 400-page slide deck to explain why we should go shopping what, what tomorrow? What is an you know? acceptable number of slides for a PowerPoint Six. presentation? I would Six. say... It depends. How long are you talking for? It depends how important you are. The more important you are, the more... Well, okay, what's an acceptable length of time to talk for in front of a PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> so I would say maximum 45 minutes yep. talking. So I'll go with you on six slides. Yeah. I think four things on each slide. If you're in a presentation for 45 minutes and there's over 40 slides, you have committed... That's an animation. Oh, my God. Also, yes. you're not going to get <laughs> yeah. through 40 click, slides in 45 click, minutes. Click. I'm yeah. not going through it with you. I zoned out <laughs> after slide six. Um, commas 
the use of. <laughs> wait, wait, is this about the Oxford comma or not? Or? No, he just can't. He does. It's more about his inability to see one or use one. Ah, yes. That's more of my pet peeve. It is complicated. It just looks like a crossed over there. I'm fine with me not using commas. Bugs with a logo. Sorry? Bugs with a logo. You know. Oh! <laughs> Oh, did your heart bleed for that one? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. And uh, meetings, especially meetings for meetings' sake. Again, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. And I, a special yeah, bonus I'm, I'm one, wrong. because it won't be relevant to anyone else, but because I can't say your pet peeves without saying this one thing, hidden fruit. <laughs> Mark, hidden little, fruit. Little fact for you, Greg. <laughs> Mark cannot eat anything that's got fruit hidden in it, Hang and on, that it's, includes it's not, apple crumble, not, even though it's in the name. It's, sorry, for, for Americans, I think that's called pie. apple cobbler, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Just to clarify, it's not that I can't eat. I'm not, like, incapable of digesting well. the food. <laughs> I it's would just, just that it's so I scary? choose to avoid foods okay. where the fruit component isn't visible when you when it's presented to you on a plate. Because <laughs> what I don't like is I don't like taking a bite of something, thinking it's a lovely sweet dessert, like and it crumble. turns out that someone snuck some fruit in it. <laughs> I, I find that slightly offensive. Yeah, so did you bite into a, Did you bite into a crumble thinking it was just going to be crumble? All yeah, what happened to you in your childhood? Yeah, yeah, like a mince pie, and you didn't know there was going to be good example. You see, mince pie starts brilliantly because it's got that lovely pastry curl. I don't understand why people will eat pastry with stuff in it. Anyway, that's, thank that, you for feature, indulging me. Hidden uh-huh. fruit. You okay with bananas? Because they're technically high. That's like a little hidden fruit, isn't Ooh, it? Because you have to peel point. it and you're like, what's this? But you don't bite through the skin and discover the lovely banana flesh underneath. Do you not do you bite into oranges? I can imagine that you would eat an orange without <laughs> just skin and all. I'm and too manly. Yeah, he does so eat. masculine that you can't understand why people would take off oh, and you will have done read an article on how immense nutrients are in the skin. Alice, can I just gross you out for a second? I once sat at a meal with Mark while he crunched his way through chicken bones. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of behaviour I'm talking about. Hang on. Why hang not on, eat the chicken on. bones? The marrow's good for you. Do you eat the whole apple oh. core as well? Oh. Do you I eat have, the bones? Done. Oh. Well, thank you for indulging me, guys. Uh, Mark, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Mark Stockley on Twitter. You can find me at Internet of Hens on Twitter as well. Fido? Where are you, uh, you on can, social media? You can find me as at Secbug on <laughs> Twitter. about changing your username to Fido? No, never. Never going to change it to that. I'll the Fido Meister. I don't because it? it's it's Anna's thing. I like oh. Anna having a little thing. It's fine. Yeah. Um, mostly because I have to because I think you're my superior. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did just In chuck so you out ways. of my seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Find me as at Secbug on Twitter, and if you're a redditor, you can also find me as just Secbug, uh, short for security bug. I see we did, and I'm at Anna Brady on Twitter, and we are at Naked Security on Instagram. Alice. I nearly forgot you, but the arrow that you just pointed to your head, which hey, reminded I'm me. Over here. Oh, yeah. um, what, Weirdly, what? it seems like you didn't ask me where to find me on Twitter. Alice, which is odd, where... as I've contributed so much to this episode. I was about to get to you actually. So, uh, right. Alice, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Ali Rouge on Twitter. And what? What about our Naked Security social media channels? That Tell would just us be about at them. Naked Security on Twitter, Instagram, and we're now newly on YouTube. If you'd like to give us a subscribe and click the bell icon. <laughs> And you can also find us on Facebook, where we do weekly Facebook Lives, Absolutely. usually on a Friday. I will be live on Facebook this week, so more reasons to tune in, guys. Yeah, more reasons to tune in. Okay, <laughs> and until next time, stay, stay secure! secure.